This is John Ellett, CEO of Profit Springbox, and you're listening to Sassholes. Welcome to Sassholes, the podcast, a show dedicated to issues within the software as a service industry, SaaS. Myself, Jason, and Pete have a combined rounding up over 100 years of experience in making mistakes, and we're more than happy to share with you today. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on Twitter, reach out to us on LinkedIn, anything possible to get to engage with us. Today, we have a great guest, uh, Jason, who will be joining us in a little bit. One of his friends, John Ellett, has joined us. John Ellett is the uh, CEO of Springbox. Uh, But before we get to John, we have to get through some business. And before we get through some business, I want to address my absentee last podcast. My kids were not selling Girl Scout cookies and I was not eating Girl Scout cookies. My kids were selling, oh, I don't know. Maybe somebody said that. My kids were selling um, artwork and they made a decent amount of coin in a business fair. And I would recommend every child to do this stuff. They were, they basically rented out booths and were selling to strangers. And I was watching them sell and it was pretty impressive. But I was only supposed to be there for a half hour. I ended up being there for about six hours. It was, uh, and it was freezing. So um, I wasn't prepared. I was in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, Fair enough. So I just wanted to get that. Now onto the ad so I can, this episode was brought to you by NeuroNoodle. Athletes, I know it's near the end of the fall, but you should get it done once a year. Get a doodle of your noodle in case that very unlucky incident occurs in your 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 son or daughter gets a concussion. You want a baseline to compare that concussion to, go to neuronoodle.com. It's a brain map, basically a digital version of, what do you call that, Pete? You've been- uh, QEEG, my friend, QEEG. Q-E-G. If you um, take you one can, to the melon. Yeah, you take one to the melon, you're going to want this because the concussion protocol today is very lacking in sports. It's basically take a test and try to remember things. This will allow you to sort of measure your own brain. Uh, you can also do NeuroNoodle for ADHD and other, uh, anything uh, that can be measured can be trained. Um, so get a doodle of your noodle today, go there and tell them the Sassel sent you. Business is Before we get into you. the next part of this, please remember to like us on Facebook, like us on Apple, do whatever you can before you hear this part. Barney? Yes, Pete. You know, everybody's getting to traveling. Took my first trip in a long time. Girl at the airline check, and uh, I think she threatened me, Carney. She looked me dead in the eye and said, window or aisle? I laughed in her face and replied, window or you'll what? Leave us some comments on our blog at sassholes.net. Hey, did Pete, you read that one beforehand? I did, I did. Okay. Why shouldn't you break up with a goalie? Why is that? He's a keeper. Hey, why did the pie go to the dentist? It needed a filling. All right, there's my dad jokes for today. All right, now on to the next part. Shout outs. Go ahead, you start out, Carney. Uh, Michael Redden. I'm giving him a shout out. Um, I think, no way. Yeah, his uh, he he started up a business. It was um, it was impacted by COVID. I imagine uh, it was Flash Recruit. Um, it was acquired by Talent Inc. And now he's over at Talent Inc. So. It did get acquired at the end, but I do know it was probably struggling during the um, uh, the lead up to it because of COVID. Uh, 
you know, when you're starting up something new, Pete, as you can attest to, during COVID, uh, it's very difficult to get going. So more power to those people that have started up businesses uh, during the pandemic and, and uh, are in startup mode during that time and have survived. Like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Ken Dofer, new CFO at Streaming Global. You know who Ken Dofer is? No, Ken? I don't. He was a finance guy like you back at Headhunter. I think he was the first CFO we had. Might have been Martin. Oh, yeah, for Headhunter. I think he was the very first one. I'll have to check the uh, the files. Who else you got? The other one I've got is uh, Ben Koontz. Um, I don't know if Koontz. I ever gave him a shout-out. You remember Koontz? Yeah. So uh, he was with us at our previous company, and he – uh, he was, he was, well, he was sort of with us, right? But he's now the uh, head of sales at Jobcase. Um, and he's been there for about, I think about four months. So I, I don't know if I gave him a shout out. He's a good dude, you know, uh, always gave me a chuckle when he came into the office. So Ben, I'm giving you a shout out. He was never fired up, lacked passion. Yeah, he lacked passion. Brennan Carson, Senior Vice President of Sales at Idelic. Thank you for your service, Brennan. He's one of our uh, sales guys uh, fighting on the front lines and came in and fighting on uh, the phones. Good guy. Remember Jen Wilga? Yeah, Jen Wilga. She's at uh, Media Radar, right? Two years. Two years. Two years. Uh, I got Casey Monahan. Uh, I think he was in your world at one point, right? Yes, I know he, he was. was. SRG, yes, he was. Yep. But he just took a new job. I know I talked to him at his previous job, but he's over at Navex Global as the mid-market account executive there. Um, so he was working security, uh, not um, not security, but he was working for a firm that sold security. I know I talked to him. He, he probably would have made more money. Yeah. You hear that, Moynihan? He ain't listening. And then Jared Austin, he's been, uh, he was in product team over at our former employer. Good guy. Um, uh, he's been two years at active campaign. So I wanted to give him a shout out. And he's shouted. And he shouted. Hey. News. What do we got? Right. Is that the next section? Pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to talk jobs, man. ADP came out with a nice report. The unemployment claims are looking good. Here's what I got. ADP, I, I don't know how you look at that number, but private private payrolls increased by almost a million, and uh, the estimate was 680,000. That's a nice upside miss. It is. I'm, I'm curious. You know, they, they always go through this at the initial, and then they revise it up and down. I feel like we're, 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 in, we're in a revision down standpoint. Um, uh, because I feel like there's a lot of people that just uh, are maybe on the books for now, um, but are under underemployed. Well, we know how recessions work. You start adding at that top of the peak and then whack. Yeah. That was the largest gain since last June as the economy was emerging from the early pandemic lockdowns. Leisure and hospitality, go figure, showed the biggest gains with 440,000 new hires. Unemployment claims fell below 400,000 for the first time during the pandemic. So that is pretty good news there, Karnak. That is. It's all good news. It's all good news. So, and podcast hosts are still part of the unemployed. Is that true? Uh, yes. What if you put okay. a tip jar up? Well, I think that's coming soon. We've almost, guys, we're coming up on our 
our one year doing this podcast. So we will have a one year in review. Uh, we'll, we'll probably take snippets of our favorite uh, podcasts and me making fun of Pete. Uh, you know, another news that came out today is I believe June, June 11th or June 5th, Chicago is opening up completely to phase five. I don't, I think that means full. I know right now it's kind of strange. Some, some stores I walk into, I don't need to wear a mask and some stores I do. So it's kind of, well, here's uh, what I know. The jewels. It's not the, not jewels. The jewels. If you're from Chicago, it's the jewels. Yes. The jewels. You don't have to wear. It's optional. It's optional. Yeah. The funny thing is it is optional. And yet I walk in to the stores and I feel like I'm the only one not wearing a mask. It's like, guys, if it's optional, why don't you take it off? I was in Wicker Park last week uh, at a bar having a burger and a drink. And uh, you got to wear the mask in. So I'm like holding the blue thing to my face as I walk in. And then I go grit the table and I put it in my pocket. You know, I don't want to waste a good mask. Yeah. Server comes up. I put the mask on the table and I put the uh, Vax card on the table. I go, which one do you want? Which one is more important? And uh, she picked the card and said, at least you carried it around with you. Most people keep it on their fridge. All right. Um, Any other news that we want to discuss? News? Naomi Osaka. I just came from my Neuro Noodle podcast, and that was the uh, topic. You hear what the problem is with her? She's pulling a Marshawn Lynch. No, what is that? French Open. She don't want to talk to the uh, reporters. Oh, because mentally, why? she you know she mental. can't handle it. You know, I saw. Well, hey, hold on, hold on. Everybody's got something. Carney, continue. Everybody's got. I saw a guy from. Uh, Quantify Revenue or something like that, Quantify Projections. He's a CEO of it, and he has a podcast uh, next week, or he's having a, uh, like a virtual show next week where he thinks the next big thing um, is mental, uh, mental health issues across the board. Uh, CEOs and everyone is drained from this pandemic so much that the mental health is going to cause uh, the next big, like almost economic recession, because people are just going to need to take time off. I can tell you one thing that I'm seeing in the marketplace is unlike in the pandemic, if there was a legit deal that was going to be had, I felt before the pandemic um, or during the pandemic, those deals would come through. I feel like right now, all the deals that are legit are just getting held up with bureaucracy. And uh, therefore, the sales cycle is slowed. Hi, John. Hello there. John, thanks for joining us at the podcast, the Sasshole Podcast. I, I hope Jason gave you a little bit of a heads up of what you're in for. I've it's been basically warned. a casual conversation where we just talk about anything and everything that, that's top of mind, especially with what you're doing today uh, at Springbox, as well as uh, you, you've got some books out there and stuff of that nature. So, John, why don't you give us a little bit of uh, the, our audience a little quick bio of who you are and how you came to be. Well, I came to be in Florida 64 years ago okay. uh, and since have been on a journey to, uh, to be a marketer for life. I started my career selling computers for IBM, was an advertising manager on the original IBM PC, got recruited out here to Austin 34 years ago to start the marketing functions for a little PC company, orchestrated the, the brand change from PCs Limited to Dell. I, and then help grow that company from 60 million to 3 billion in the next seven years. So a little wow. uh, crazy run that I was on. 
left, started a consulting company and then morphed that into a full service agency uh, that merged with Springbox three years ago. And then we were acquired by profit uh, two years ago. So my day job is uh, running the agency arm of uh, profit uh, called Springbox. So what is, so Springbox does, it's a full consultant marketing agency, right? And, and, and so what exactly do you guys specialize in or what's your hook? Yeah, so there's two practice areas that are interconnected. Uh, one is our demand generation practice, uh, helping do planning of audience identification, insights, uh, putting together overall campaign plans, uh, campaign creative content, uh, performance media, uh, and then the landing experiences to, to connect the dots. Uh, one of our specialty uh, client groups is our SaaS companies. And so I've done a lot of ABM programs uh, in that context. Um, the other practice area is uh, uh, digital experience practice uh, that is around building uh, complex websites, corporate websites, complex marketing sites. Um, and some of our clients use both, some of, uh, of those services, some just use one or the other. But um, you know, very steeped in the digital world, uh, all with the focus on accelerating demand for clients. Yeah, so it's demand. So digital world usually also means data, right? So you're not only gathering digital leads, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Not, it's not SDR, it's more digital demand generation. That's right. But it's also um, the data to support all that. Yeah, the, the front end to, uh, to help feed the, the pipeline uh, that ultimately SDRs will, uh, will qualify and uh, move through the funnel. But uh, we, we try to uh, help bring in uh, top of the funnel, nurture the middle of the funnel, help get the content to, to close, the experiences uh, to help people uh, make a positive buying decision. Uh, and then orchestrate the playbooks that uh, weave sales and marketing together uh, so that uh, the, the customer has a good experience and ends up uh, buying and uh, sticking with the firm. Sales and marketing work together? Uh, in some I thought cases, it was always they point at each other as the reason why they're missing numbers. In, in some cases, it, it works really well. <laughs> in some cases. I typically find that to be... Um, sales blames marketing, marketing blames sales, right? Yeah, that does happen often. And uh, finance and ops just sort of sit back and, and enjoy the fight. Um, Backseat <laughs> I, I don't know if they enjoy it. I don't know if they no. enjoy it, but they, they spend You have to be demented to, to enjoy it. I'm more in revenue operations. I enjoy it when those two are fighting. Uh, hey, John, a follow-up question to, to sort of Jamie's conversation about the, about the agency. So I, I think it would be interesting to get your take on sales today as opposed to sales uh i don't know let's go 20 years ago um and and so i am asking this in the context of we got a lot of new sales managers a lot of new sales people listen to this podcast what what's your take on who's generating leads is marketing generating leads for sales is sales generating their own leads should sales look at leads for marketing differently like how do we joke about this relationship, but there is a real relationship there. How does how should it work in your mind? Yeah, in an ideal world, they they work tightly together, and each has complementary roles. Um, as I mentioned, when I started my career, I was carrying a bag, um, field salesperson, uh, knocking on doors, making phone calls. I uh, had a you know territory of six counties, and I was out looking for uh, small businesses that needed uh, automation. I was responsible for generating my own leads and closing the deals, the, the, the whole bit. 
Fast forward to where we are today, especially in SaaS companies, uh, the, um, the, the, the shift that we're trying to help our clients make is um, almost a, a shift from helping sell to helping customers buy. Um, and that's a fairly dramatic shift in orientation. You know, the, the desire to sell tends to be very product-centered, uh, whether it's marketing, promoting messages, or sales, you know, hawking the, the virtues of the product, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, switching that to how do you help customers make a buying decision? Um, and a lot of times they, they may... Uh, not know that they have a problem, but that's re- that's a really hard thing to sell into. Uh, most uh, companies understand they have some pain, uh, and if if marketing in general can help uh, connect the company as a, a potential solution for pain, um, a, a way to make life better, uh, make the organizational more effective, um, and get them to raise their hand or start a conversation to explore. Um, then uh, that's a, a positive role for marketing. Uh, yeah. Getting them ready uh, to uh, connect with uh, a salesperson. Uh, and, and I think uh, it, given the, the dynamics of um, trying to get the right kind of leads, the, the more you can drive in uh, qualified prospects that are ready for a conversation, um, the the more effective that's going to make the selling process. You know, the selling organizations are expensive, right? So you want to leverage them as much as possible uh, by bringing them uh, as close to you know, conversation ready as possible, uh, as opposed to having them just, you know, you know, I was going to say you can't pound on doors if nobody's in the office, and, and it's yeah. kind of hard to dial for dollars. Show up at your house when there's nobody in the office, right? So, last year really brought uh, this model that we're talking about to the forefront. Uh, that the traditional means of of cold calling uh, or knocking on doors or going to big events uh, just didn't work. Um, yeah, and so this realization that. Uh, the sale, marketing and sales dynamics can evolve uh, to digital marketing, digital selling, uh, which help um, companies uh, you know, be more efficient in, at the end of the day. So. Well, I was, I was just quick follow up there. So how do you get sales and marketing teams to work together? Right. Mm-hmm. If there if there's this complementary relationship, I love the phrase help customers buy. This goes back to what guys what we talked about with Todd on a previous previous podcast, right? Sales is about, is about helping people buy, not this sort of, you know, um, convince somebody, convince somebody to buy necessarily. So how do you get these two groups to work together? So one of the, we have a methodology that we use uh, in particular around account-based marketing planning. Uh, and the, one of the things that we love about uh, an ABM approach is uh, it fundamentally connects uh, marketing and sales uh, to be, you know, integral players uh, in this dance. And the starting point is uh, aligning on who's the ideal customer profile. Right? Um, and, and if you can get marketing and sales to align on who is the, you know, what's an ideal customer look like? Uh, what are the characteristics? Um, once you identify the characteristics, then you can, marketing can go figure out how do we find these people? How do we get them to, uh, to engage and raise their hand? 
what's the value proposition you know associated with um, with that Depends particular buy, profile? Right? What is their contract up? Tech stack stuff, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, any of that. Uh, you know, it goes into um, you know uh, being real clear about what makes a good customer. Um, yeah. And it's amazing how many organizations aren't aligned at that fundamental level. Um, and because of that, then there's argument uh, when marketing does create a lead and sales gets it. It's like, well, that that's I don't want that kind of customer. Like, that's a bad lead. Well, that would be good buy. if you were aligned at the beginning. You know, yeah. right. The part that drives me nuts right now between marketing and sales and the demand gen of marketing and sales is that there's a handshake and there's a Passover, right? Meaning, especially now in today's market, I almost feel like marketing and digital marketing needs to be there through the whole course of the sales cycle. I, I don't know what your take is on it, but it dry, the reason why there's fingers being pointed all the time is because typically what happens is it gets in sales hands and then sales says, don't talk to my customer ever again. I've got it from here. And then if it falls apart, that was a bad lead. And if, and if it doesn't get sold, marketing is going to be like, you didn't do your job. Yeah. Right? Well, then it gets to CS and they say, don't touch my client. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it runs through the whole org. Yeah. Well, I get yeah. it because they're, they're ultimately held responsible. But at the same, at the same token, this is where silos sort of create, cause problems yeah. when you start getting a little bit more mature than the initial run. And I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. In fact, I wrote an article for Forbes a couple, uh, probably two years ago on that uh, topic. Um, based on some research that they had done looking at the experience from the customer's point of view, uh, not from the company's point of view. And what they found was customers are engaging with marketing content up through signing the deal. Right? They're on websites, they're on review sites, they're you know, downloading you know, help tools and eBooks and you know, presentations and um, even after they've talked to a salesperson. So um, the, it, the, this, it's, uh, I think, an old met, uh, metaphor, uh, the yeah. handshake and the, the pass um, that needs to be rethought, uh, that there's overlap uh, that uh, continues through the buying process. There's specific roles that marketing and sales will play uh, when it's optimized uh, the best. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the, this idea of throwing leads over the, the fence and saying good luck to sales and sales throwing them back and say, this isn't what we want. And then you get into the big argument and it's a very non-productive process. If you engineer it from uh, this point of view of how do you help customers make a buying decision, uh, then you really rethink the, that whole process. So my follow-up to Jason's question, over 20 years, he said, what, what's different in the last 20 years in sales? Here's an even more specific time frame. Last year compared to this year, what are, are you yeah. seeing anything majorly different? Com yes, uh, a, a lot. Um, and, and fortunately, it was good for our business because you know this is the kind of things we do help solve the problems and the pain associated with um, COVID-induced work from home. Um, and uh, so the dynamic things that happened, uh, major events, trade shows, conferences were canceled, uh, which for a lot of B2B SaaS companies are a huge source of, uh, of interaction leads. Um, people weren't in the office, so I couldn't get a hold of somebody by phone. You know, my dialing for dollars, um, cold calling, outreach just wasn't working. Um, and so we're getting uh, clients saying, well, what do I do? Um, and so this 
shift to digital marketing and digital selling uh, became much more uh, common. Uh, and I think it's here to stay. Um, the, we talked a little bit about the digital marketing part of that, but digital selling, uh, some people call it social selling. There's other mechanisms. Um, you know, how, how do you uh, build relationships through platforms like LinkedIn? You know, how do you engage uh, through email with value-added content? Um, how do you use video as a, a way of uh, engaging a one-to-one you know, -one conversation? Um, so the idea of uh, Salesforce being video producers, uh, there's some companies that have invested in uh, technology and training to help their sales reps be on camera. Um, and so I can, I, I don't know that I'm going to get you on by phone, so I can't have a two-way conversation, but I can send you, you know, short video with some kind of interesting uh, information that may be uh, a value that will pique your interest and um, I'll send it, personalize it and, and off you go. So the, it's not just been a transformation in, in marketing, but it's a, been a transformation in the use of digital tools for uh, selling as well. Yeah. And so you're seeing something majorly different at all between 2020 after the pandemic and 2021? Are you seeing anything there? Well, I, what I think we're going to find is the, the these techniques that we just talked about uh, in, yeah. in digital selling and digital marketing continuing uh, with a reemergence of some of the other traditional methods uh, of shows and events and you know, going to offices and, and making calls. Uh, but uh, the ability to have uh, Zoom conversations uh, has been interesting as set for, for complex selling organizations. Um, where in the past, if I needed to go out and do an in-conference room presentation about my, uh, my new SaaS offering, uh, and I needed to bring a technical expert and a subject matter expert and, you know, one or two layers of the sales organization. And so now I got four people flying out, you know, for this big meeting uh, and I can do one meeting or, in or maybe in, in a day, you know. And then you got travel times like, uh, yes, it's helpful to be in person, but it's it's really nonproductive where I can dial in subject matter expertise on a, yeah. a Zoom presentation uh, for 30 minutes yeah. or an hour. And it, my ability to assemble a um, uh, kind of a collective selling, uh, I'll call it selling client buying session uh, that has yeah. more expertise in the room uh, is really easy to do now. Um, so I think we're going to see companies learning that uh, there's something about the ability to do uh, uh, Zoom or hybrid Zooms. Yeah. And we, I, I, one of the uh, SaaS clients that um, became one of our clients a couple of years ago, um, we, we did that, that hybrid model. I was in person uh, in the client's office and we had... Uh, you know, four or five subject matter experts back in Austin, uh, you know, talking to this uh, SaaS company in San Francisco. Uh, and uh, it was a best of both, right? We had one person that traveled, had eye contact, you could read body language, you knew what was going on in the room, but they had the ability to talk directly with all the subject matter expertise that they needed to be convinced that we we're a good partner for them. So I think in, um, in 2021 and 22 beyond, this hybrid in-person uh, video 
hybrid uh, in-person events and you know marketing uh, digital content is 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 going to find an, an equilibrium uh, that yeah. is it's not going back to 2020 or 2019 or whenever mm-hmm. pre-COVID was you know, yeah. 20, 2019 we're not right. going back to 2019 uh, but we're not going to be stuck in 2020 either so yeah, I think, think it's going to be a nice key. balance yeah because right? I, I, I talked to a small business owner and uh, he was saying how his business wasn't really impacted at all. And he used to be on the road 80, 90% of the time. So now he's like, now I'm not going to go on the road anymore. He sold wine, right? He was a wine distributor. And I'm like, I think that's good in the short term, but in the long term, it leads you open to someone else. Cause that's a relationship sale more than yeah. anything else. I think you need to have a little bit of engagement, fist bumping, you know, instead of handshakes, but um, you need to have that hybrid. That's going to have to come back. Sitting and sitting across the table with somebody having a glass of wine is very different than sitting in a Zoom call having a glass of wine. It's just yes. not the same experience. Yeah. Yes. In fact, most yeah. people aren't wearing pants. Yeah. Right? In a Zoom call. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't I mean I'm not sure I'm wearing pants in person most of the time. Yeah. You know, why? Well, that's a different story. Yeah. Hence why we don't work together anymore. No, I'm kidding. Really? <laughs> yeah, I never like marketing in the first place. Uh-huh. What question? Okay, now we're get, sort of getting into budget season. Is that right, finance guy? We're uh, starting. Yeah. yeah, we're starting to think. Twenty twenty two planning is going is hot and heavy right now, especially from a sales perspective and the sales. So, order. so uh, I mean, I'm a podcast guy. That's all that I do. I'm always on time for my podcasts, John. Just so you know. Uh, but you, if you guys are going to go in and SaaS guys are are paid on EBITDA, how are you guys budgeting for next year? Travel and entertainment. 20%, you know, what What do you think the companies are going to do? Plus, you're in Texas, we're in Illinois, or Jamie and I are in Illinois, you two are in Texas. That can't be more than, talk about bipolar. Uh, yeah. you, we're starting to open up now and figure it out. I'm sure you guys have been open up for a while. How does that all come into play to figure out what the bonuses are going to be for next year? Yeah, so I, I think um, – the uh, modeling of scenarios is going to be important. Uh, trying to think that you've got uh, appropriate recent history, you know, forecasters t- tend to be built on historical. Well, 2020 was a total anomaly. Um, yeah. And so it's hard to build off of. So I think, you know, this uh, hybrid model uh, that we were just talking about is uh, the way to think about budgeting. Uh, and, um, how bullish you are on uh, your business in terms of what to put on the top line. Uh, there's, are, is your business uh, one that the, um, the pandemic forces were tailwind? And there were a lot of companies that it was, you know, Zoom, one of them. Right. Um, you know, so are you still experiencing uh, tailwinds uh, or are the headwinds that uh, were getting in your way uh, starting to subside. So uh, I think the economy is opening up. Uh, businesses are beginning to uh, make more decisions. Um, so overall, I think uh, for, for SaaS companies, it's going to be you know, a pretty good year uh, and you know, 2022 and beyond, presuming you've got a, a good offering that, that solves real problems. Uh, but that's a fundamental thing you gotta you got to deal with anyway. So yeah. um, I think the T&E days of uh, a sales rep going out and wanting a tech resource to do five-minute uh, presentation and fly across the country because you like that guy are done. I think the sales rep might get back to traveling, but teams of, you know, <laughs> five people showing up to an account 
uh, yeah. are long gone. I don't know if that'll yeah. ever return. It's yeah, yeah. There's a we've learned that it can be done effectively mm-hmm. uh, in a different way. Uh, it was kind of a forced learning, but let's um, live and progress and move on. So now I think the, the progressive reps that understand that they're going to get more access to resources if they can dial them in, uh, then try to beg for them to, to make a trip yeah. are, are the, the reps that are going to uh, be commanding, you know, those, those scarce resources of expertise in their companies and uh, be fan favorites you know, for those, those folks. And that's all good for them. I was just wondering yeah. if the board is going to, so, oh, well, this is this is how much cash we can have coming in. Uh, New normal, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think uh, at least in our organization, the clients that, yeah. that we work with, they're they're recognizing that there's going to be a return uh, to to travel. There's a return to events. Uh, we've got to find the right balance. Uh, but if that doesn't generate uh, you know, revenue uh, and top line results, then you know we'll rethink that as well. But uh, I think yeah. it's it's going to be mean, a hybrid world. You got to remember, a lot of these SaaS companies have long sales cycles, mm-hmm. so the pandemic is still impacting them right now yep. because the sales cycle was squashed. Pipeline creation was squashed for probably the last six months of 2020. They're impacted the whole first half of this year. Yeah. 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 So well, and, I was going to say, ahead, I know at, at some point you're going to ask me about um, who should uh, who would I recommend you have on your uh, podcast. But yeah. in, in this context, uh, Rowan Tonkin is uh, one of the uh, clients that we work with. Rowan is uh, new, recently promoted as CMO of Planful, uh, and their their software is designed for financial planners uh, to help with the things we just talked about: scenario planning, you know, agile budgeting. You know, how how do we not just have a uh, kind of a one plan only and good luck? Because you know it's not right. Um, but how do you get into a more of a dynamic financial planning system? And that's what their software helps do. So he's also a great marketer and uh, has been in the SaaS business for a while. So uh, shout out to, to Rowan as somebody that might uh, you know be good for um, for what you're doing here. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, right. well, I wanted to get I wanted to just kind of echo your hard to hard to budget. Pete, your question is great. Hard to budget based on 2020. You know, I, I'm in this process right now where I'm re- sort of auditing and revising slash refreshing the ideal customer profile at, at the company I'm, I'm at now. And it is it is ridiculous to look back at 2020 numbers. Um, I, you know, it's almost like I just sort of took those out of the bucket and just it's like, OK, I got I got to look at 18 and 19 because those seem to be the normal years. Um but it's also difficult to go back that far, right? We, we acquired a company in 2019. So even that looks different than 18 and 20 doesn't look normal. And so it's this very difficult period of time to, to plan, forecast, understand from the past. Yeah. And I, I guess, right? Yeah. For us, you know, our business was up 70% year over year last year, uh, yeah. which is just insane to think that we could do that in a work from home environment. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but again, the, the, the forces that, um, uh, we're, we're driving this need for digital marketing and digital selling interaction. You know, we were kind of there uh, and ready yeah. to help. But, um, you know, that you know, as people are you know, getting more normal, you know, we're, we're starting to smooth out. But other companies really took a nosedive last year. And, you know, this year should be you know, a good recovery yeah. time for them. Yeah. So, yeah, trying to plan right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's not really tough. tough. 
Hey, I can't, we can't leave the podcast without making a plug. Oh man, it's not going to do it for me. For the CMO book, manifesto. There CMO it is. Manifesto. There's the, the OG. Look how dog-eared that thing is. I use it every day. Every day. Well, thank All you. Right. <laughs> thank you for being on. I know we've got a short time with you and we're coming up to the end. So I'd like to thank you guys. Any other questions for, for John? John, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining yeah. us. And if anyone has uh, reached out to you, they can reach out to you, what, via LinkedIn or? or yeah, LinkedIn's the easiest way to find me. Yep. Um, so happy to, to connect and you know, share whatever I can. Um, thanks for the, the plug on the CML Manifesto. It's been sure been great to uh, continue to get uh, lots of folks saying it's still uh, a valuable resource. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, for somebody to try the Sassholes are going to have a book here soon, and it'll be used to just keep the doors open. There you go. There'll um, be chapters out of everybody else's book. Yeah, we're just going to steal everybody else's ideas. And we will get, we will get responses of how, how much of a waste of paper that was. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll edit that out in post. John, thank yeah. you so much. For your time. Thank you thanks, so much. John. All right, thank All right, you. Thanks. See you, man. Thanks for listening to the Sassholes. On behalf of Jason, myself, and Pete, we'd like to thank you for listening and ask you to give us five stars. Once again, on Apple Podcasts, don't hold us to Pete's jokes. Smash the like button. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Cue the, uh, the uh, um, it's not non-copyrated music. Cue the uh, Chick Norris music. Oh, Pete, boy. Who saying did I don't have Somebody died. I was going to bring it up, and I forgot who it was. Bring it up. Who died? Well, I forget who it is now. I have to like Google who died last we week. Were, we, were, we were talking about uh, uh, the Grizzlies died. The Memphis Grizzlies died last night pretty badly. Uh, they gave oh, up like 48 cool. points in the first uh, quarter. Like Speaking of Grizzlies, expected, right? a teen, teenager almost pushed a Grizzly over the fence. Oh, did you see that? Almost. She did. 17-year-old uh, girl. A huge Grizzly. Really? They dogs. Yeah, I would have thrown my dog's head. Oh, yeah. No, I would throw dogs at a bear. She had two no little problem. dogs. There was a huge bear with, with three cubs. And she ran out and knocked it off the fence. I was like, are you nuts? Wow. It's a dog. Um, yeah, I don't I don't love any dog that much. I don't. I can't find. I don't think anybody really. I don't. In my memory, I didn't jog it right. to say somebody significant yeah, we'll died. All right. Well, hey. <laughs> Audition tapes. It'll be, it'll, it'll be a new band soon. New band soon. Wait, what's the, you got a new Ooh, band a, name? New band? We're looking for a drummer and keys. Kevin Knapp. I'm a singer. I could be a background Oh, singer. yeah, Kevin Knapp. Kevin Knapp. We need to get him yeah. on the show so you can convince him to be your keyboardist. All right. Could somebody in finance reach out to Kevin? He didn't like you, did he? <laughs> no, it was it was uh, Carney. He didn't like Carney. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get him on the show. I'll get him on the show. All right. Well, yeah, he's an Indiana and, guy. And Kevin Clark and all you guys are all buds, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Great. That'll. Yes, I'm sure that'll that'll push the needle. Thanks, guys. Yeah,
special. I wish I was special. I wish I was special.